0: Strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management.
2: Welcome to the 17th ever show of All Around Sports, live from the City of Champions, Boston, Massachusetts, where each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at IIR, at comcast.net, which will get right to my website of iirsports.com. Well, as always, it was another wild week in sports, and as usual, I will discuss the highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that dominated this past week's news, as well as you can take a look inside the events of the week that I attended. So my highlight of the week is the return of Tiger Woods in yesterday's Bridgestone Invitational in Akron. And as you'll see in this first segment, we're going to have a bit of a golf theme today, mixed in with a little uh, football and Major League Baseball as well. But it was great to have Tiger back. I watched a lot of the match yesterday, and uh, he looked healthy. He said afterwards that he was very healthy. And uh, no matter what you think of Tiger and his previous transgressions, uh, seeing Tiger back out on the course is good good for the game of golf. And good for all of us. Um, As far as today in round two, he's uh, not having his best day. One over when I last checked, and uh, I've been monitoring him throughout the morning since his uh, 10 a.m. tea time on Golf Channel and ESPN. And it's great these days that uh, you don't even have to watch a live event anymore to really stay on top of things. And today is a perfect case in point for another half hour when... uh, the golf channel will pick it up live and hopefully we'll catch his last couple of holes. So bottom line, great to have tiger back and we'll all be watching this weekend, especially if he is in the hunt come Sunday. Uh, So we'll be seeing what develops there and it should be fun. This week's low light, uh, is the a rod playing poker saga, which is just another example of this guy ending up in the news. And, uh, in whatever fashion possible, uh, and forcing MLB and Commissioner Bud Selig to deal with uh, this drama king. uh, To steal a line from his girlfriend Cameron Diaz's iconic movie, there's just something about A-Rod that both irritates people and makes them want to poke fun at him. He's almost like a curiosity, and uh, whether it be Cameron Diaz feeding him popcorn at a game or... uh, him playing high stakes poker in private rooms. Uh this guy just seems to, you know, bring out uh, bring out the worst in people as they try to analyze what he's all about. And uh but my bizarre sports story of the week, it's a tie this week and not surprisingly it involves the NFL and two of its Diva receivers. Uh the first is Chad Ochocinco, the newest edition of the Patriots. Uh asking the media for a group hug last Saturday morning at Gillette Stadium training camp after his first news conference right on the field immediately following practice. I was in the media horde, which was there to interview Ocho Cinco, and it was as aggressive a media contingent as I've ever seen, jockeying for position. It was just absolutely wild. And fortunately or unfortunately, I was not in the inner circle, shall we say, uh, I was in the second the second wave of the inner circle, so I was not actually part of the group hug, but it literally happened two feet in front of me, and, uh, you know, he's he's a fascinating character, he's funny, you know, I liked what he had to say, Uh thought the group hug was a little bizarre, and, uh, but, again, he is without a doubt going to be re- replacing Shaq as the new sports personality in Boston and uh it's gonna be great to have him and it also uh reminds me of the last crazy media horde I saw at Gillette Stadium which was when Randy Moss came to town in 2007 and that's my other bizarre news item of the week which is uh bidding a fond farewell wink wink to uh Randy Moss uh as he announced his retirement, which I and I don't think anybody else believes is actually going to happen, but I covered Randy for a few years. Fascinating personality. I had one personal interaction with him, which was very, very positive. Uh, he, I worked in West Virginia for a couple of years as a newspaper editor, and Randy, of course, is from West Virginia, proud of it. He introduces himself at the beginning of games, being from Rand University. That's the name of his town, R-A-N-D. And he was terrific. We chatted for a couple minutes, and uh, I was very fortunate to have that West Virginia connection, which instantly got his attention. And uh, so I hope Randy comes back. He is simply too talented to walk away from the game at this point. So on to my event of the week, which was one of two that I attended, uh, the second segment, we'll get to my second event of the week, but the first was Media Day on Monday for the Deutsche Bank Golf Championship at TPC in Norton, Massachusetts, which is about a half an hour from my house, and it was truly a uh, just a first-class event. Uh, as, as a member of the media who has been doing it for many years, uh, I can truly say I haven't seen this genuine of excitement uh, as they prepared to play the spectacular TPC course. Uh, the Deutsche Bank knows how to take care of the media. They, uh, it's an elegant setting in the clubhouse, and it was a uh, spectacular food spread both before, at the beginning, and at the end of the day. Uh, you know, truly a spread to die for. But before we, uh, we played, we began with the news conference uh, for an absolutely packed media room. And the, and the news conference featured uh, Seth Waugh, the CEO of Deutsche Bank Americas, that sponsors the tournament. Bill Scano, an executive VP of the Americas in Europe and Middle East and Africa for EMC Corporation, which is heavily involved in the tournament. Eric Baldwin the championship director and Greg Ball who acted as the master of ceremonies and handles public relations for the event and uh, it was truly you know uh, a wonderful news conference everybody had uh, interesting points to talk about with the growth of this tournament over the past eight years this will be the ninth year coming up and uh, defending champion Charlie Hoffman uh, showed that he is a gamer because he was ill with a stomach issue, and so he couldn't fly in, but instead did a conference call from uh, from Las Vegas from literally his, uh, his bedside, shall we say, and he was just a terrific personality. He had one of the great finishing rounds in uh, recent PGA memory to uh, – to smoke the field and, and win the tournament last year, and you know it's just uh, turned into a spectacular tournament. It's a tradition that I go to every single year, and it has grown into uh, you know major importance with uh, it now being a key tournament in the playoff chase for the FedEx Cup. It's the only tournament on the tour that ends on a Monday, which is Labor Day, and it's really become a New England tradition uh, you know every year. It seems like uh, there's Red Sox stuff going on, Patriot stuff going on, and then the Deutsche Bank is just sort of the cherry on top of the Sunday. Uh, this year, in the middle of the week leading up to the tournament, we have the Yankees in town to play the Red Sox. Uh, the night before the tournament begins on Thursday night, uh, September 1st, Patriots playing the Giants and literally 20 minutes or so from the course itself. And uh, – you know, it's just one of the best things about this tournament, and I think uh, the PGA would agree, is that it it displays the Boston sports passion and just loudness and craziness of Boston sports fans. And it brings it to the golf course, provides just a certain edginess that you just may not see at every PGA tournament, but you'll certainly see it here on Labor Day weekend Uh The Pro-Am on Thursday is spectacular. I've gone many years, and it often features the likes of uh, Chris Berman from ESPN and Donald Trump, the Donald. Friday they do a unique thing, which is uh, College Colors Day, so everybody's encouraged to wear their college colors, and so makes for a very, very festive atmosphere. And then as all you listeners know, I closely cover the intersection of – military and sports and uh... this tournament pays serious homage to the military and uh... tournament director uh, eric baldwin had this to say about the Deutsche banks connection to the military
0: Uh, We launched uh, our military program a few years back, and it was an initiative that uh, Deutsche Bank was uh, very supportive of. They strongly believe in supporting uh, veterans when they come back uh, after service, as Seth had mentioned today, with their Veterans on Wall Street initiative. Uh, The PGA Tour has been very supportive of the military over the years, and it it was easy for us um, to give back just a little bit for what these men and women give to us every day. Um, by providing that complimentary admission each day of the week. Uh, we've seen a tremendous response from the military. We had over 1,500 RSVPs uh, last year um, to attend the event. Uh, our military outpost uh, was great uh, for them to enjoy the action. And uh, it's, it just feels good, and it's the right thing to do. Um, and uh, it, it's something that uh, uh, I'm sure will continue for a long period of time. And, you know, we've got partners with the Massachusetts uh, National Guard, and they've uh, been with us for several years. They've gotten a lot out of this uh, championship with some of their recruiting initiatives and, and thanking of, uh, of the soldiers that have dedicated their lives uh, for us. And um, It's just really nice to see these guys and, and give back in a small way.
2: And Eric also talked about how they get the tournament off on the right foot uh, with the military by with a really interesting uh, opening ceremony, and here's Eric on that
0: kick off our week to the general spectators on Tuesday. Uh, we have our Red Sox Legends and Friends Pro-Am, but before that we kick it off with a, uh, an opening ceremony that we honor the military. We kick off our week. Um, it starts at 8 a.m. in the morning. We uh, have a howitzer salute for uh, the general that uh, usually uh, comes on property and we acknowledge a couple of uh, uh, wounded warriors uh, that morning and it's just a really uh, nice way to kick off our week and, and start tournament week and um, to have the color guard come in. And, and, and present colors is a really nice way to start that off and everyone's really enjoyed it.
2: So as you can hear, uh, it's going to be an exciting tournament. Uh, I will be there covering it for you and look forward to bringing you some advanced coverage as we go through the month of August and then uh, I'll be there that week. So in the uh, on my Friday show in late August, I'll be able to bring you the first three, four days of the sort of pre-tournament activities, Pro-Am and the like. And then... Uh, And then the following week, following Labor Day, I'll be able to talk about everything that went on during the tournament. So it should be great. Uh, And one of the uh, unique parts of it uh, that we're all excited about here is, uh, you know, bringing it back full circle to the top of the show is that Tiger Woods will almost definitely be playing, uh, assuming he stays healthy, because uh, this tournament benefits the Tiger Woods Foundation. He has played often in this tournament and won. And uh, so having him there will obviously elevate it even further. So here's keeping our fingers crossed that Tiger remains healthy. And And as a final postscript to, uh, to my day at TPC Boston in Norton, um, playing the course was just simply uh, one of my top five Golf course experiences of my lifetime. I've had the great pleasure to play some of uh, you know some of the great courses of the world, including Pebble Beach. Uh, but this was truly uh, just a masterpiece. Uh, it was very interesting in that you know I've walked the course for eight years for this tournament and feel like I know it, but. It's a whole different vantage point when you're standing on the tee box and uh, playing the course and there's no people around, which in my case is a good thing. But spectacular, uh, what I would call just a true nature course, just literally carved out of the woods of New England and uh, just so, so uh, pastoral a setting. And it was just absolutely terrific. So, again, look forward to it. And uh, You'll be hearing lots of golf here in the next few weeks, and now, as my former co-host Lemont Williams from outside the huddle likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break, and up next, I will discuss and give you some sound from my Big East football media day that I attended the very next day, this Tuesday, past Tuesday, at the Viking Hotel in Newport, Rhode Island.
1: Perfect Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144, or by sending an email to
2: iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 346 9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which goes through to my website at iirsports.com. Well, it's typically that time of the show when we have guests join us, but uh, instead, today, I will give you some sound and perspective from uh, Big East Football Media Day, which was held at the Viking Hotel in Newport, Rhode Island this past Tuesday. And it was just a terrific day. Uh, The Big East is based in Providence, Rhode Island, and it literally took over uh, this legendary beach community, uh, Media Day did, uh, uh, not to mention the the spectacular Viking Hotel. And it just made for an ultra, ultra high energy atmosphere throughout the hotel and even extending to the neighborhood. Uh, you know, it was a first class event uh, and, you know, just as I was approaching the Viking, you could start to see all the, the television trucks and, you know, some various people in team colors, that type of thing. So it really really was pretty cool. And then uh, to walk inside the hotel was just to become completely immersed in uh, all things Big East and all things football. And uh, I don't know about you, but, boy, when it gets to August, I'm certainly uh, thinking football, to say the least. Uh, You know, the day was also elevated by, you know, just the presence of – the media from throughout the Northeast and even beyond. Given that you know these days they have teams from, uh, you know, from Louisville, from Cincinnati. So you know the Big East is more than just the East these days. And uh, so yeah, but of course they were there from you know New York City for Rutgers and uh, you know Pittsburgh for Pitt uh not to mention traditional smaller towns but hotbeds nonetheless Morgantown West Virginia Syracuse and uh Tampa as in University of South Florida so again the big east is uh really has quite a reach these days and uh and they just did you know a great job you know with the format uh Chuck Sullivan who handles uh Media relations for the Big East. Uh, he's the director of communications. Uh just set it up very well. And the way it was done was uh the coaches were at the tables for one hour, uh, available to the media at their various marked team tables, and then the players came in the next hour and it was interspersed uh between T V and then print and internet media. And uh and the whole proceeding was you know started with uh with a speech by the big east commissioner of course and uh so it just made for a great day and fascinating to see talk with these compelling personalities these coaches you know many of them young bucks uh who are just so charismatic and you know i i always imagine them walking into some recruits living room and just absolutely blowing away uh, the mothers and, and also the fathers as they try to get their kids to come. And believe me, these people, when you're right in front of them, these coaches, uh, they are tough to say no to. So we're going to start off with uh, one of the newest ones, who is uh, Coach Dana Holgerson, who took over at West Virginia, the preseason favorite to win the Big East. And here's what Dana had to say on taking over this successful program. Well, I haven't thought about it. Uh, yeah.
0: I think it's a tribute to where the program's at. You know, I think our, our program's in good shape. I alluded up there the fact that I'm not oblivious to the fact that we've won 60
2: games in six years, right? So, uh, we want to use that to our advantage, you know, that, that it's been stated that you, and our players understand this. Uh, especially the three that are here right now is, is is everybody can win on any game given day in
1: this
0: conference. I mean that that's that's obvious. Uh, the fact that we're picked first, I just think, contributes
2: to the program and what's taken place over the last six years. That doesn't affect what my job is one way or another. My job's to uh, prepare every day to try to get our team better. Takes way that. And as uh, all you college football fans will remember. Uh Dana taking over uh, was a bit of an awkward situation as he took the reins at WVU from uh, from Bill Stewart and who took over, of course, after the departure of Rich Rod to uh, Michigan. So it's been an interesting program to watch, but uh, they have a stud quarterback in Geno Smith, and here's what Geno had to say about the transition and the lack of, and really that there was no confusion uh, despite. The high profile transition.
1: Honestly, say that it wasn't much confusion. You know, those guys handled it like gentlemen. You know, they're really professional guys. Uh, You know, if they did have any riffs, you know, it was never seen, you know, out in public or, you know, in front of the team. So I think they handled it great.
2: And I have a soft spot in my heart for WVU. I covered the Mountaineers in, uh, in the 1980 time frame. I was actually present on the field when they opened the new stadium at the time, still their current stadium. And uh, Governor Jay Rockefeller brought in John Denver to sing Country Roads. And on that very day, uh, the press box was so full with writers, which I am, the, that I was actually used as a photographer that day, which I also am. And uh, and so I stood literally in front of uh, five feet away from and in front of john denver as he sang country roads the day the new stadium opened in west virginia in around 1980 and uh again one of my great great sports moments so i get the west virginia thing big time and uh you know the passion down there is really unmatched and uh and speaking of new coaches uh you know, we have another new coach in the Big East this year, and it's a very familiar name, especially to Big East followers, and that would be Paul Pasqualone and uh, taking over for Randy Edsel, who took, who took the Huskies to a BCS Bowl last year. And here's what uh, Coach Pasqualone had to say on being a, a college head coach again
1: opportunities, and if you want to be a head coach, in, 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 in the back of my mind, I really had a great experience in the, in the NFL and I really liked it a lot, uh, but I guess in the back of my mind I always felt like uh, it would be nice to be a head coach again, and there are not going to be that many opportunities, you know, so University of Connecticut is a great job, it's a great location, I was familiar with it, uh, so it was hard to say no coming back to, to this
2: position. They also spoke with uh, UConn defensive end uh, Kendall Rees, who is a big man with a big personality, and here's what Kendall had to say on learning his new coach's playbook.
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a big old, it's a big old playbook, a lot of variations, but um, the coaches, there, uh, they're making it simple for us to learn it. and um, we, I mean, We've been going over it all summer and you know all that, so I mean, we, 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 got, we got a good... Got a good, uh, good sense of it, and we're going to obviously during preseason camp, do it all over again like we didn't, like we didn't learn in the first place. So we take that approach, it makes it easier for you to learn, Then by the time it's game time, it's just more, it's natural.
2: Yet another new coach in the Big East uh, was there, and that would be Todd Graham, who came to Pitt from Tulsa, where he had a very successful program, and he uh, just took over, of course, for Dave Wanstead, who... Uh, who left the pit job, and I got to tell you, I was just simply blown away by this guy. He had an evangelic quality to him uh, that was just spectacular. I mean, he just oozed charisma, and you heard it here first. I think he is going to be a huge hit in the Northeast uh, out in Pittsburgh, which, of course, is absolutely football crazy town and my hometown area. And here's what uh, Coach Graham had to say on being the new sheriff in town.
0: Well, I mean, I, you know, our, our our staff. I think you know, uh, we're all about relationships and building relationships with young people, and, uh, uh, and 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 what we ask of our guys is different. It's unique. I mean, uh, you know, there's no earrings, there's no bandanas, there's no filthy language. I mean, it's yes or no, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm working on that. They think that's a southern thing, you know. But uh, uh, you know, we're uh, uh, you know, we're asking them to do uh, a lot of different things. Uh, you know, uh, well, we've gone from one person checking classes to nine people checking classes, You know, I mean, the, the rules have changed, the accountabilities, and I'm, I tell them up front, I'm going to ask more of you than any program in the country. And uh, every one of them, I sit down with them, they tell me they want to be the best in the country. So that's the expectations. And, uh, uh, you know, I've, uh, I really don't, I think our coaches staff does a great job building a relationship with our players, and we've made great progress
2: there. Well, trust me again, as I said earlier, This guy, Coach Todd Graham, is going to be very, very successful. And uh, after hearing that, we've got to hear what the players have to say. So here's what wide receiver Mike Shanahan thinks about his new coach. I think that just with Coach Wanstead, uh, you know obviously tremendous respect for him and all the other coaches, you know, it's
1: just, it's just different, you know, Coach Graham is very upbeat, uh, He uh,
0: and all the coaches are get into you, uh, not to say that the others didn't, it's just, it's just different, you know, and um, it's kind of hard to explain, but
2: without... Well, I have a soft spot in my heart for Pitt. Uh, you know, growing up about two hours east of there, I followed the program closely, and in 1976, I went to basically every home game, and that was the year that Pitt went 11 and 0, won the national championship, and Tony Dorsett, of course, won the Heisman Trophy. Truly, one of the great years of football watching in my entire life, and uh, I've spent a lot of time at Pitt and really enjoyed it. So. Uh, Again, I look for big things from the Panthers this year. And uh, Mike Tomlin, move over. I think you got some company on the charismatic coaching ranks in the Steel City. And finally, uh, I also had a chance to talk with Skip Holtz, uh, the coach of University of South Florida down in Tampa. And that's yet another place where I spent some time. I worked at a newspaper about two hours south of Tampa in Inglewood, Florida. And so I get again the football passion in Florida overall in Tampa is specifically and uh, I think coach Holtz I was very impressed with his simply sincere demeanor uh, again I, I can just see him uh, headed for big things with the USF and here's what he had to say on uh, where his program currently stands Recruiting
1: base we have with all the talent in the state of Florida I, I think that I think the program has an awful lot I think the only thing we don't have we don't have the, the wins, the banners, and the rings, being as young as we are. Uh, what we do have is we have a very competitive football team. We play in a great stadium. Uh, I think there's just been so many positive things going on. I think that I think it won't happen overnight, but yes, I think that things are there or, or are being put in place to give South Florida a chance to be a competitor on a national level.
2: So there you have it, Voice America. A little college football to get us started here in early August. Uh, I love college football. I grew up not only watching Pitt, but of course, uh, I grew up much closer to Penn State. So uh, uh, it's truly in my blood. And it was great to go down to Big East uh, Media Day. Just a terrific day. And uh, I think it's going to be a great season for that conference. And once again, it's time to take our break. And joining us next will be our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post.
1: Your internet flagship station for sports.
2: Voice America Sports.
1: Super Bowl champ Lionel Dalton is taking to the internet airwaves with his own brand of sports talk. You'll go inside the mind of the players and find out if blacklisting really happens, what their thoughts are on training camps where the former NFL players are now, and why being drafted by the wrong NFL team can kill a promising player's career. Lionel will also cover what's up with the Baltimore Ravens. Tune in to Sports Talk with Lionel Dalton live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports.
2: And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144 or you can email me at iir at net, which comes right through my website at sports one word, dot com. And it's that time of the show when we have our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And Barry, you're a... Jersey guy so I'm sure that you enjoyed a little Big East football talk and uh you're right down there in Rutgers country and Greg Schiano the charismatic coach of Rutgers was also at media day on Tuesday and uh what are your thoughts about Rutgers and the Big East
3: Well you know um first of all you know thanks for having me once again pleasure as always Welcome. um Welcome goes goes that saying, right? Um, <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I think right. that you know uh, Rutgers and and Greg Schiano, they kind of you know a couple years back they had a really nice season and they uh... you know they really got on the radar uh... nationally. uh... You know, unfortunately, they weren't able to to maintain that, but you know, and a lot of that was because um, they they wanted into the national spotlight again for for you know reason that, that nobody wanted to happen. Uh, that was the uh, injury to linebacker Eric Legrand who wound up, uh, wound up, uh, paralyzed, spent a lot of time in, in rehab is still rehabbing. um... and, you know, the, 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 the prognosis for him, you know, is still ongoing. But I think that the way that Shiano and the program reacted in the wake of that last season was, was very, uh, was very sensitive, was very in touch with what was going on. um... I, I thought, uh, you know, it was, it was certainly you know we talk about crisis management you know in uh, you know in, in media and pr all the time and uh you know this was a situation that obviously was was a huge shock to the whole uh, Rutgers community um, and to to college football and it was a, very closely watched and you know i, I think that the organization you know, and the and the university scored a lot of points with the way the way they handled that and obviously it was a, a very difficult and troubling and emotional situation but um you yeah, I thought Shiano uh, and the college did a great job
2: with that. Oh, I agree, Barry. And I thought, you know, the world saw a different side of Greg Schiano, who is really about as intense as they get <clears throat> on the sidelines. And, uh, you know, he's interesting in that, you know, yeah, I know he has a Penn State background. And when Joe Pa was under fire a few years ago, he was prominently mentioned as the potential successor to Joe Paterno, dare we say it. Uh but you know, it just reminds me that, you know, I'm not sure if he was there when Adam Talaferro got hurt at Penn State with a similar type of injury, paralyzed for a time. And uh but I guarantee you if he had already if it happened when Shiano was already at Rutgers, you know, given his Penn State connection, he was deeply uh aware of how pants Penn State and Joe Paterno handled it. So he had experience of some sort in this type of situation, and uh, it's, it's hard to believe, but yeah, Rutgers is picked eighth, as in last, in the, uh, in the preseason poll. So I was very surprised to see that because they were such a coming power uh, just a couple years ago. And I was Think, in Atlantic City. Yeah, things I was in Atlantic now. City when, when they won that huge, huge night game a few years back and it was just like they won the national championship so we'll see what happens
3: uh... deal at the time for sure yep.
2: Oh, very very big deal the state of new jersey was an absolute euphoria i'll never forget that night i mean it was just crazy in atlantic city and uh... but you know it's good to have football talk back and especially in, of course the nfl and uh... You really, I mean, lots of teams are making news, certainly a lot coming out right right here in New England, but for my money, the most news is being made out of, no surprise, uh, where you live and work, uh, New York City and the Jets and the Giants. Let's start with the Jets and Plaxico Burris.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you know certainly the, the, the Jets and Giants have been right at the forefront of everything. And, you know, I think the people in, in Philadelphia might have something to say about that, but oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, been 100% yeah it's been crazy you know it's been it's been just you know one every day has been you know a a plethora of activity and you know uh, things changing left and right and um... you know and i I think we spoke about this uh, briefly last week I, i think that um... you know the nfl might look at this and say you know what we might have to think about shortening the free agent period next year because look at all the look at all the attention it's brought look at all the press it's brought look at all the excitement i mean Obviously, it's, you know, it's, it's, it would make it much difficult, much more difficult for the league and for the teams and for the players. But for the, but for the fans, it's been, it's, it's, it's been a cornucopia. It's, it's been amazing. I mean, if you're an NFL fan, I mean, you've been glued to TV, you've been glued to ESPN, you've been glued to Twitter, you've been glued to everything that, you know, the NFL network, you know, the pulse, which is, you know, the pulse of, of of everything. And it's been, it's been quite a ride. So I, 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 you know, as an aside, I I just think that would be a, maybe a, Good idea for the NFL moving forward. But as far as, as, as the Jets go, I mean, you know, getting, getting Plaxico, obviously, and resigning Santana home uh, Santonio Holmes, they, they've, you know, made a big splash. I mean, then the Giants, um... you know, the ongoing saga with OCU Manure is just, uh, it seems without end. I mean, now they're saying that, uh, uh, the word today is that, uh, is, is and the giants are careful to say this saying he has a knee injury so you know this this saga is not over yet and you know we kind of thought that it might be over by the weekend It may still be over by this weekend you know hopefully uh by the next time we talk there'll be some sort of resolution to this but you know if, if it continues um you know it it can definitely be, it be a distraction there was some thought a couple nights ago that maybe things were moving in the right direction but you know it hasn't really you know picked up that much steam you know between the you know the giants and uh and OC, but, uh, but we'll see what happens, but it's been crazy. Um you know, the Giants did lose Kevin Boss today to the Raiders. Um that became official, so. Oh, um, really? I, I hadn't mm-hmm. heard that. Yeah, wow. It was, uh, yeah, that just happened. So they're, uh, they need a tight end now, so I don't know who that's gonna be, but, um... certainly, uh, you know, the Giants do have some talent at the defensive end, even without OC, <laughs> but, you know, you, you know, but you certainly want a guy at that caliber, uh, in the lineup, you know, and you want, but you want to be happy too. He's not gonna be happy and be a distraction and, you know and 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 be a pain then you might might really want to think about you know ending the relationship the problem is that he doesn't really have any trade value because you know everyone knows that he's that he's doing this, and the Giants don't have a whole lot of leverage uh... you know they they tried to negotiate a deal to trade him for a first round pick there were no takers nobody was interested in that so you know they're they're kind of they're kind of stuck uh... until they can find some sort of resolution to this as as a giants fan i 'm hoping that they do i 'm hoping he stays, and but, but you know at the same time he 's got to be happy um, you know but there 's a lot of factors going on here, you know uh, certainly, if he is really hurt we don 't really know um, and uh, you know the t- the salary cap situation which is which is which is different now under the new cBA so we, we're just going to have to see how this plays out
2: well, Barry, this is why I like to have you on i I, I li- like to think I stay on top of this stuff, but I had not heard the Kevin Boss news, but that is just such a good example of how why I believe, and I was saying, uh, I was actually saying this to Stacy James, the Director of uh, Media Relations for the Patriots uh, VP, actually, that uh, I thought last week was literally the best week in the history of sports journalism. I really believe that. Uh, and this week, maybe the second best. Uh, and, you know, it was kind of funny where I sort of glossed over the Eagles, uh, and it was unintentional. It was just that the, you know, what the Eagles sure. did last week was so incredible that, like, I kind of forgot about them this week. Not that they weren't, you know, really in the news, and it was so funny. By the way, uh, remember when, you know, at the end of our show last week, I asked you about Vince Young, and I think I, frankly, kind yeah. of surprised you, and, like, where's that name coming from? Well, as you now know, within an hour of the end of our show, Vince Young signed with the Eagles. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so I, I thought that was that just it. yeah well, that, well there there's again a perfect example of, of why this has been such an amazing period you know for 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 sports journalism for the fans it's it's been incredible really and you know and and I think the big loser in all of this I think we mentioned this last week too the big loser in all of this is major league baseball because yes. they had their trade deadline you know right in the middle of all of this and it really honestly baseball was not even a blip Compared to what was going on with the NFL, so you know, uh, once again, a, a, a bad PR hit for baseball. So uh, you know, it just seems like Bud Selig has like is kind of like the old uh, cartoon character with the cloud over his head, He's just sick, can't seem to get out of the rain. So um, you know, it's just unfortunate, really. Uh, but yeah, the NFL is really, you know, I, I, honestly, I really do think that they should uh, they should really make a move to, you know, maybe not do it in a week, and that, may, that might be too much, but maybe just cut it down to two weeks, you know, instead of what it used to be because just, just look at all the interest. It's been, it's, been, it's been great. It really has. It's been fun to watch uh, as, as a journalist and certainly as, as a football fan. It's been great. And, uh, you know, again, I, I think they really do need to think about instituting, you know, some sort of uh, shortened, uh, shortened, PR, shortened um, free agent signing period. I think it would be great for the game.
2: And I agree. And we're bumping up against the break. But I just want to expand on that thought by saying that, uh, you know, I the, the good news is, is the NFL probably will do exactly what you're saying, because they are just so savvy. I mean, no league in the history of sports has ever, quote, got it like the NFL and they're, you know, on top of this, I've had the good fortune for the last number of years to deal with the NFL directly. Uh, Brian McCarthy, Dan Masonson uh, at the league offices, and they're just terrific to deal with. And to me, what my takeaway has been, uh, and a big reason why the NFL is the NFL, the most popular sport in the history of mankind, is simply that they really know how to deal with the media they make you feel comfortable they make you feel welcome and they give you everything you could possibly need all of your requests are always met they have fulfilled every request i've ever made w- without hesitation and you know knowing those guys down there they're they're watching all of this and i guarantee you they're just looking at this and saying like wow we've hit the jackpot not to mention, it's at the heels of what what was not a rainbow—the lockout—and <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm just guessing they're going to do along the lines of what you're saying. They're going to act on this, and that's that's another beauty of the NFL—they're flexible. They can, you know. Right. Way, you know, read,
3: just real brief, brief. I know we're up against uh, against the break, but you real briefly. Uh, the thing, the thing, the great thing about the uh, perhaps the greatest thing about the NFL is that they're not complacent, and they've shown that uh, throughout their recent history. You know, uh, always moving forward, always come up with new ideas, always coming up with a way to satisfy the fans and that's really what it's all about today you know i mean you know, they're, they're, they've pretty much been the opposite of major league baseball major league baseball's been kind of luddite kind of you know oh is the way we've always done it even with regards to things like instant replay etc you know the NFL has always has been in it, probably the most innovative of all the sports and coming up with new ways to grow the game even though they're clearly the most popular sport that we have right now but they don't but that's what's great about it they don't they don't stop thinking outside the box they don't stop thinking of, of new ideas and new ways to grow the game and cultivate the game and that's that's why they're so successful
2: oh absolutely and uh... we're going to continue this conversation but once again it's time to take our break and to join the show the call-in number is one eight 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 three four six nine one four four or you can email me at iir at comcast
1: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
0: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand.
1: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the
2: show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And I'm still here with Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post and Barry, let's just continue that conversation. Uh, you know, you touched on Major League Baseball's trading line deadline passing with pretty much zero fanfare in comparison with previous years. Obviously, do a lot to the end of the football lockout and all and the free agent frenzy, but you know, Yankees are coming to town tonight here in Boston. Yankees Red Sox Fenway Park and uh you know it's like a microcosm of what's been going on here with baseball which is in my mind it's the lowest buzz if you can even use the word buzz that i can remember in recent memory and i you know it was reflected and really got my attention with the all-star game numbers being down dramatically so what are your thoughts on uh... the state of major league baseball and how do they kind of get back uh... claw back into our consciousness
3: I have to agree with you. I mean, you know, here we are, August 5th, uh, the Yankees and Red Sox tied for first place in the American League East, uh, tied for, uh, the best record in the American League, and honestly, it just, the, the buzz just isn't there. I mean, I don't see it, you know. You know, you just mentioned it's not, you know, and, and they're not talk, really talking about it in Boston, and I don't know. I don't get the feel that it's that, for some reason, I just get to feel that it's, it's that big a deal here. You know, again, I think that, with the NFL lockout being over the way it ended and the way this free agent period has, has, has gone, you know, I'll second you on that. I think that's just sapped all the, all the interest away, just stolen all the interest away from major league baseball, uh, at least for right now. And, you know, honestly, as, as, as a journalist and as a sports fan, you know, uh, Yankees, Red Sox, it's, it's a great rivalry and there's a lot of history there, but truthfully, the games, are unwatchable a lot of them, I mean USA today ran I want to share this because USA today ran a graphic yesterday the longest Red Sox Yankees regular season game since two thousand and one since just just since and I actually tweeted this uh, this morning uh, on my twitter account uh, okay at Barry Rubenstein. okay for a shameless plug um, feel free there have been there have been there have been three games since, since two thousand and six that have lasted. Four hours and twenty minutes or longer. Nine inning games. Okay, you're not pulling any fans in playing four and four and a half hour games. I'm sorry. I don't care who's playing. I don't care if Babe Ruth comes back for the dead and 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 faces uh, Ted Williams. Uh, You're just not. Nobody's going to watch that. It's just it's just those games, the way they're played, the way they're managed. They're just. I'm sorry. There's you know I don't I don't know if anybody's going to be offended by this, but the Yankees Red Sox games for the large part. Have become unwatchable, and, and and I don't know what you do about it. It's just it's just the way it's just it's just such a deliberate pace when they play. Maybe it's because there's just so much intensity. Everybody just wants to make sure they're they're doing the right thing and double checking all the calls and you know taking extra time between pitches and batters stepping out and and all of that. It's just it's it's it's, it's, it's brutal. It just really is. And and you know sitting on the inside of of a, of a newspaper. Uh, Of a newspaper sports department, it's just, it's awful. I mean, you know, nobody wants to, you know, games are in the fourth inning at 10 o'clock. It's just insane. And, you know, if it's, it's, you know, regular fans don't care about media, you know, inside media stuff like that, but they do care about, you know, uh, spending, you know, half their night at a a baseball game. You know, the game isn't meant to to be that long, you know. The game is meant to be two and a half hours long, not four and a half. So I think it's a big problem. And I think that's one reason why there's just so so little buzz about it, number one, and number two, you know uh you know again, football you know kind of uh giving baseball a forearm shiver, you know get out of the way It's football season, so I think you have all those factors working together, and you know maybe that's why the buzz is so low this time around
2: yeah, I mean, it's a big deadline buster, to be sure, and as you know, I was in newspapers for nine years, so I know what it's like to get nervous as deadline approaches, but with these guys, it's not even close, like there's not even a hope that
3: the nothing, game is going to
2: end in time for you know the the late night deadlines to make the the morning paper, and uh, well, you know the and when I think of it, uh, number one, Red Sox and Yankees simply play too often. Uh, there's just so many games that it's tough to get up for any one or two particular games, unless it's into September and, you know, you never know what you're going to get in September with, you know, the games can be great, but they can also be meaningless. And then with the wild card, very often it's just, you know, they're both going to the playoffs. But, so one of them's going to win the division. The other is going to the wild card. So it's not that important. And, uh, and then, yeah, we, we have the perfect example this Sunday night at 8 o'clock when, of course, it'll be at the ESPN game of the week. And they are hyping it, by the way, all day. <laughs> there is one hype of the Yankees-Red Sox, and it's ESPN. But, uh, yeah, I mean... I think,
3: you'll, I think you'll appreciate when I say I'm not looking forward to it.
2: <laughs> right. I'm sure Sunday night will not be a, a good night for you. And, you, you know, again, yeah, it's just I've attended some Sunday night Yankee-Red Sox games at Fenway, and although on one hand they're great, and frankly they were it was back a few years ago when I thought the rivalry was more intense than it is now. And I'm sure the intensity, intensity will come back, but we're in a lull, I know that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you, you know, but be it watching TV or whatever, it's almost like, you know... I'll, I'll just know to tune in, you know, somewhere after eleven o'clock to catch the last. Not at all. Or two. I mean,
3: <laughs> you know, really. I mean, you know, honestly. I mean, it's just the, the, the games just become such that it just it's just. I don't see how how you know even if you're a diehard fan, it to invest that much time in a baseball game, it's it's crazy. You know, I I don't know. I just, I just I just don't get it. I really don't. I know, and you know, I don't know if anything can be done about it. You know, you know, I would like to see. And I'm sure there is research out there. I haven't done it, and I haven't really seen the numbers, but. I would really like, and I'm willing to bet that on average the Yankees Red Sox games are longer than the Yankees versus anybody else, and I'm sure you could say the same for the Red Sox games against the Yankees versus the Red Sox versus anybody else. It's just, it's just awful, and I don't know how you fix it, but I, I think it's. If, if if I were Bud Seelig, and if I were Major League Baseball, I I would be looking into that because you, you you know you don't want to give fans any more reason for not watching your game. You know, in light of 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 the rest of our conversation today, you know, the NFL is just 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 kicking baseball up and down the street, and you know you don't want to give people an excuse for for turning away. I mean, I I, I think I'd rather watch the NFL Network and see what free agents are being signed than watch the Yankees Red Sox. That's just me, you know. So you know, I, I really. I think something has to,
2: I don't know how to fix it, but something has to be fixed there. I think. No, and, and you know you're not alone in, in that assessment. And uh, yeah, and now if, as if they don't have enough to contend with, especially on a Sunday night, they've got uh, my two favorite shows, Entourage and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Well, there you with go. The whole, you know, with a, with so. a brand new season on Sunday nights from ten to eleven, and. Uh, So no matter matter what's going on,
3: you know they're only going to last an hour. So you know you know you know what you're investing in, and you know you know you know what to expect. You know you're going to enjoy it, and you know again, you know this baseball comes up losing again. So you know it's still still raining over Bud's head, and he just can't find the umbrella.
2: Exactly, exactly, and uh, so yeah. So I mean, what's the uh, what's it been like down there in New York with the Jets and Giants? Uh, Who's dominating? Who's who's getting more of the? the back page these days it seems like the competition has probably never been more heated than the last week or two
3: well you know uh with the, with the giants it's mostly been you know the the OC saga and the jets you know it's the 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 annual we're going to win the super bowl uh rant uh you know for from rex and everybody else and you know um it's all I'll say about that is you know that rex is certainly a a very colorful character and he's fun fun to cover from a media standpoint cuz you know he's going to say outrageous things and do outrageous things, and you know, this a lot of the buzz in New York. This goes with the new tattoo that he got on his leg. You know what does it mean and all this stuff. But, you know, it, I think at some point it, could, it has to come down to, all right, you can talk all you want, but you has got to produce. You know, and I know they've come close the past couple of years, and even that Justin Tuck said it when he was asked uh, during a radio interview the other day. What do you make of all this? And he's like, well, you know, I love Rex and I love what he does, and you know, it's fun to watch him. But you know, last time I checked, you know, the last team to win a Super Bowl in this area was 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 the Giants. So you know, at some point, you have to start backing up what you say. You know, and it's uh, good right. It makes for good copy and and a lot of fun. But you know, you got to produce on the field.
2: Absolutely, Barry. And believe it or not. We're at the end of our show. My pick of the weekend for TV watching is Tiger at the Bridgestone. And as always, thank you for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.